Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Uh, this week we've got a great guest. We have two detectives, uh, well, former detective and a current detective. We've got stand-up comedian Dan Whitehurst, who was a former detective. That's a lot of detectives. <laughs> a former uh, police officer at Metropolitan Davidson County, Nashville. I've probably said all that wrong, but anyway, he was an officer uh, turned stand-up comedian. So we get to speak with him on his adventures and journeys. And then we've got Athena Finger, granddaughter of Bill Finger, co-creator of Batman, who is a detective, Dark Knight, uh, with DC Comics. Uh, he just turned 81. Uh, the comic book itself turns 81. Uh, it was uh, May 1939, the first ever appearance of Batman, but um, there are some things online and in the comic circles that say he was born in March, which is they had to, you know, draw him and bring him to life before they presented him. <clears throat> But needless to say, this is his 81st year, and uh, we're still celebrating him. So I got to talk to Athena about her adventures and tie-ins with the Batman, Dark Knight. Really exciting stuff. Uh, with that being said, get a little serious. Um, coronavirus is a scary, wacky thing. It's been a bizarre week. Um, you know, shutting down events, uh, music concerts, comedy shows, sporting events. Uh, people are scared and panicking. And I just want you to know that uh, I believe in God and I've prayed for all of you uh, for your safe uh, passage through this trying time. And uh, hopefully that uh, you will get comfort uh, because we will uh, make it through this. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bumpy road. But it's nothing most of us are not accustomed to, uh, especially here in Middle Tennessee, just suffering a tornado and then dealing with this. But uh, we'll survive. We'll press on. So uh, like I said, my thoughts and prayers are with all of you. And uh, with that being said, let's uh, get on with some happy stuff. Let's listen to the podcast. Let's let's get entertained. Uh, like I said, thank you for listening. I'm Josh Belcher, and this is Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Thank you. Absolutely hilarious stand-up comedian Dan Whitehurst is first on this week's Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Let's get it going. What's been going on in your life? What's going on as far as comedy? I see uh had a bill coming up with like Lee Harden and doing some other stuff like that. What's going on? Uh well, I just got done doing a show with Lee Harden uh okay. in uh Muskego, Wisconsin, right outside <laughs> of uh Milwaukee. Uh, we had a good time. It was a benefit for the Muskego Police Department. Right on. It took us around and Treated us better than we deserved to be, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because I know, uh, uh, you know, back when I first met you, you uh, you was um, you just when I believe it was the funniest comedian in the country, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was actually world. It was called the world's funniest cop. It was an wow. organization called ASLET, and it was stood for the American uh, Law Enforcement. Something about law enforcement training, yeah. Aslett, I uh -huh. can't remember. But, uh, yeah, it was, oh, here it is, hold on. American Society for Law Enforcement Training. And uh, they had a contest every year, and it would be, it would entail shooting, defensive driving, defensive tactics, just different things that law officers use. Uh -huh. 
and somebody uh, come up with the idea about, well, you know, we should have a comedy contest because, you know, a sense of humor is kind of a uh, a benefit to being a police officer at times. And yeah. So I won the initial one when there wasn't a whole lot of people entered. <clears throat> but uh, I come in second and third the following years when there were a bunch. <laughs> but the yeah, was opened to everybody on the planet, so they called it the world's funniest time. Man, that's all. I just remember, yeah, it was world. I was thinking country, but world, that's still awesome. Um, so, yeah, you don't meet, you know, obviously you're one of the uh, funny ones, but you don't meet too many officers that are, you know, too much in a good mood. Most of the time they're, they're stressed to the max. So I guess it would be important to kind of have a sense of humor. Yeah, I would say they're stressed right now. They Nashville's kind of shorthanded, and they're working seven days uh 12 on, 12 off, seven days a week. You oh, God get, bless them. They, they can't get vacation. They can't, you know, they're not supposed to call in sick because, I mean, the city needs them right now, you know, with the, the tornado and everything. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, there's been no looting, and that is amazing for a city this size. So uh, I know, and all the people moving in and all the money they got, too. I mean, golly, that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's a feather in Nashville's community right there <laughs> yeah police didn't have much to do with it they just didn't didn't lose yeah Nobody i mean it, so. volunteering and everything like i said i live in columbia and you know i've, I've sent some stuff up there and donated some uh, food and water and what have you uh, haven't actually been down in that area a whole lot but it does do your heart good to see everybody pitching in you know contractors saying before they even get on site volunteers have got you know some of the stuff taken care of the buildings tarped and whatnot just a great thing, you know, proud to know, you know, being from Tennessee, that we live up to the moniker of the volunteer state, so. Absolutely, yeah, and it was, of course, it all started in, I think, 1812, uh, they asked for, I don't know, maybe 3,000 volunteers, and 30,000 showed up to, you know, go wow. to King England. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to do it, you got to show up big, and get after it. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I might have told you in messaging you, but my, my buddy Adam, he's uh, he's getting ready to have a new lease on life. He's going to train to be a police officer. And uh, it, it seems to me like, and I don't know with you, but you have to have a certain temperament and demeanor to be a cop because myself, if, if, if a guy's got in my face and I'm trying to get a hold of him and he takes off running, I weigh 300 pounds. After about 50 feet, I'm just pulling out my gun and hitting his kneecap or something. I don't know if I got the patience. I mean, what, what what it's got to be a spe- you got to have some kind of special uh you know persona about yourself i've just i've never liked it so yeah you just got to accept the fact that if they outrun you they're just going to get away for now you know <laughs> yeah it's only a temporary escape sure yeah, yeah they, they, they go are. Too yeah do uh, and i saw i was looking on your i think it was your fan page are you writing a book or have you written a book I have written a book, uh, and I was hoping it would be out by now. The issue I'm having is uh, they are wanting me to have a notary, a notarized release from everybody that I mention in the book. And oh, my I, gosh. And these people are somewhat scattered across the country right now, and they've all sent me an email saying, hey, that's cool, you know, glad to be in it. But, you know, the book company is a little... I guess a little nervous, but uh, but we're still kind of working that out. But yeah, it's uh, it's 
basically a lot of the stories I tell on stage, uh, the police stories, are a couple of them's a hundred percent true, but most uh, yeah. of them's about seventy-five percent true. So the book's kind of the one hundred percent true story of whatever happened that made me tell that joke. <laughs> sure, and, and and that's the thing about comedy. If somebody like myself that studies it, or or you that performs it. Uh, every every story you tell, or every joke, rather, it's, it's going to be a little bit of embellishment. That's what makes the punch so great. Right, um, yeah. But uh, I, I hear you. I, I was gung-ho about writing a book one time about uh, musicians and how um, they were, you know, how they, their songs came to life, you know, like the songwriters, and it was the same thing, and I just, it was exhausting because they'd give you what you wanted or their permission, but it was like it was a special route. You had to have it documented and signed, and sent by a special letterhead and you know god knows what so but i mean they got to cover themselves so i mean i can see that right yeah and yeah. it just i mean i'm gonna do whatever i have to do i hate to change all the names because these are true <laughs> stories and these people do want you know they yeah. wanted to be mentioned in it but mm-hmm. i'm not gonna make them go drag a notary out you know sure all that you know it's just so or i'm hoping not to yeah just, just have them individually come visit you and go with them to a notary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might take a while. <laughs> yeah, sure, I hear you, especially if they're scared. I totally understand. Um, what's the next thing I had for you? Oh yeah, uh, I saw also. Uh, was it some kind of Grove comedy? You're in another competition, or what's that all about? Oh no, I shared that. I don't know if I'm going to be in that, but uh, yes, the Grove in Lowell, Arkansas. I'm working there. I think in May. 20, oh, let me tell you when I'm working. It's a great club. It's in Lowell, Arkansas. It's one of my absolute favorite places to work. Uh-huh. Uh, the 22nd and 23rd, I will be there. Uh, I met the owner here in Nashville. He uh, came to a show I was featuring for Keith Alberstadt, actually. Nice. And uh, he flew down in his own airplane. He owns a couple of airplanes. Basically <laughs> to watch Keith, because he was wanting to book Keith, and he did book Keith, but he also handed me a card and said, hey, I own a club in Arkansas. I like what you did, and I'd like to book you. So I didn't yeah. know who he was. And then he, before he turned around, he said, ask Dusty Slay about me. I called Dusty, and he said, he's got a club. So I called yeah. him up, and uh, it's been great. I've worked there a couple times. It's really nice. That's awesome. That's awesome when you when you can do it and enjoy the venue and the owner and everything. That's that's a great thing to hear about that. that I'll have to check it out next time I'm running to Arkansas. Um, oh yeah. I, I, just, I recently interviewed Alana Turner. I know you've had some dealings with her. Yeah. Uh, um, she she did that documentary about Ralphie May. I saw it at the National Film Festival. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he finally got a uh, tombstone. So I'm. I, I, plan to go out there and pay my respects and check that out so oh good yeah that was uh i have not seen the documentary yet but i do yeah. want to see it i toured with ralphie a little bit it was uh probably did about five weeks with him and it was it was great it was enjoyable years ago yeah i i tell you uh it's uh it's it's raw it's uh, it's kind of heartbreaking if, you know without giving too much of it away she 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 debuted at this festival and then she's pitching it to like your Netflixes or your Hulus right now, but uh-huh. it's it's more a raw look into his life as far as like struggling with his demons and his weight gain. Right. And like I said, uh, when you love somebody like that the way I did, and, you know, and most of the country did as well, you you just hate it. But like in another way, it might help somebody that 
you know, dealing with demons like that, like weight loss or, or drugs or whatever. So it's it's really eye opening. It's a great it's a great work, but it's just uh, it's more of a like whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, and I hope I hope people take it to heart. You know, you see somebody that you think is on top of the world just because they may have the position or status in life you want. You have no idea. Amen. You got it. Yeah. Um, and, and just like me, you know, that's why I gravitate to comedy because it's my release. You know, if I can hear a good joke like today, <clears throat> today I enjoyed you on Huckabee on YouTube, you know, and I needed that. I was heading to the doctor knowing I was about to get some shots that I didn't want, and that helped me out. But like you said, you never know. That's true. Yeah, the Huckabee yeah. people have been very nice to me. I thoroughly in that they are some of the nicest people, and I yeah. thoroughly enjoy uh, getting to be a part of that every now and then. You know what I enjoyed about that video I watched for you? <clears throat> Not just the fact that the jokes were hilarious about your your accident that retired you, but as you was pointing behind you, old Governor over there was tickled to death, and that was a beautiful <laughs> shot. I thought, you know, from a fan's perspective, it's like, boy, you got him rolling. That was perfect timing. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was. I took, uh, I got to go home uh, and watch that. Yeah, we filmed it on a Friday, and they showed it on Saturday. And mm-hmm. uh, I got to go home and watch it with my dad, and that was pretty, pretty awesome. He enjoyed it. Yeah, that's great. And you said your parents are still alive. What a blessing that is. Uh, well, my dad passed away November seventeenth. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'm sorry. But- that's quite all right. He uh, he lived four and a half years over what we he he had been on dialysis and had a oh, yeah. hip, broken hip. He was he was a really good man, but he was he was really ready to go. He just wanted us to be able to accept it, you know. Yeah, he you know he wanted you. I understand. I, <clears throat> pardon me. I got my grandparents there in their eighties and uh, same situation. And one of them did up with dementia and one you know, kidney failure, diabetes, and everything, but. Uh, the reason I said uh, still alive, I saw in your book where you said you still had your parents, and but that yeah, was good. You got to sit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, that'll be. And I'm actually adding something in there about my dad. I, I do tell uh, the a few days before he passed, I did a warm up for the Huckabee show, and they taped it for me because I told some stories about my dad that are absolutely true. My dad was. <laughs> He was actually a hilarious person, but he was very shy, and he was yeah. very quiet, and he was not an emotional sort of person. But when he did say something, it was hilarious, you know, and he would never smile. He was he was the master of deadpan one-liners. You know? Yeah, that's the, that's the best way to do it, too, because when somebody can deliver a joke and they're not smiling, you're thinking, you're kind of surprised in the same uh, element, so... Oh, yeah, when he broke his hip, he they wheeled him into the hospital. My dad at that time was 79 years old, almost 80, and my grandmother was still alive. She was 96. Wow. When they wheeled dad into the ER, and he had, been, he had to lay outside for about 30 minutes waiting on the ambulance. But mm-hmm. uh, when they wheeled him in, they said, who do you want us to list for your nearest living relative? And he just looked at the doctor and said, well, I guess my mom, because y'all are probably going to be wheeling her in any minute anyway. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <gosh. laughs> I mean, oh, no man. situation was too much for him to not have something kind of funny to say. Yeah, you, you got to. And, and that's uh, that's that's the only way to be. I, I'm a fan of humor. And 
so I'm assuming that's where you got your great sense of humor, so that's good. I would think so. Uh, you know, I didn't see much of Dad's because it would be so, like I said, he's a very quiet person, but every now and then he would he would really uh, knock one out of the park that you didn't see coming. Yeah, that, that's the best. That's the whole, he, his timing was perfect is what it was. Yeah, great timing. <laughs> Uh, I was going to tell you also, I saw um, you're going to be on a show with the, one of my co-hosts. He was busy today, but he's totally excited to be performing with you, and that's Brandon Skelton. He's really uh, moving on up as far as, like, uh, his comedy ranks, and I just wanted to give him a shout-out since he wanted to be here and couldn't. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's the show with Lee Harden, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and I saw you're on the bill. I was like, boy, that's going to be a great show. I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be there. Isn't that at the Pie Factory or whatever? Yes, and I actually I'm not going to be there this time. I had to tell Lee I got double booked. I had a booking already that I forgot about when Lee asked me to do it. Of course, uh-huh. Lee's helped me out a few times on shows. I'm always happy to to do a show with Lee. And uh, yeah, but it just so happened I think I may do the one next month. Uh, I think he's trying to do one a month. So he's had some really good comics out there. Moody Malavi. Uh, yeah, just. Uh, uh, Brian Covington. I mean, he's had some really hard-hitting comics come out there, and it's, I guess, a free show for everybody. So it's yeah, it can't beat that. I, as a matter of fact, I asked him. I said, "Is it a two pie slice minimum?" That was my first question. <laughs> <laughs> but That'll yeah, cut that's, out the keto yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Well, we'll catch you next go around. I just, uh, I just saw that and thought about. it. I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, I'm gonna be in Maryland. I hear you. Well, hey, it's it's good it's good to do. I mean, you got to be where you're at. I mean, it's good to be double booked, but not booked at all. Absolutely. Now we do. Speaking of, before I forget on the tornado, uh, we just now are setting up a show uh, for April 1st at the Comedy Catch. It's going to be all Nashville comedians. Nice. We're going to be doing a show uh, there. The money will be going to uh, a particular charity, which is Good Works out of uh, Nashville. That's, according to some people that really are into the whole charity business, helping people out stuff, this charity is supposed to be one of the top ones. Uh, so uh, that'll be April 1st. Uh, right now it looks like Lee Harden, uh, Moody Malavi, myself, and uh, I think Doc Kennedy. Oh yeah, he he's a good one. He's I've talked to him a lot. That's a, he's a really good dude. So that's gonna be a great show there. Yeah, I just gotta check with him on the if he's open on that date because he did say he was he was wanting to do it. But yeah, that'll be a that'll be a good time for a good cause. Yeah, April Fool's Day. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's great. Well, hey, my brother. Anything else you need to add? If not, I'll I'll uh, I'll let you go. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Well, I appreciate you taking your time to talk to me. Well, you always made an impression on it. Like I said, I, uh, I'm i going to try it again probably at 40. I'm 37 now, and i got one more kid to raise. But uh, my problem coming up in the ranks is I, I, I loved it so much I overthunk it. And as I'm getting older, my brain's starting to slow down, so I think by 40 I might be a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, you will. Man, i got to I got to say this. But when I first started comedy, the first – I'm going to say the first three years, I could not eat the day I did a show. I'm talking wow. about the day I did a show. And one time I watched Larry the Cable Guy, 
eating fish sticks before he went on stage. Oh, man. And I thought, this guy's got ice water in his veins. <laughs> no, you just got to keep doing it. You do it long enough, eventually you, everything will settle down. Some of us, it takes years, some of us months. But uh, it, you eventually get there where you're not just about to die every time you have a show. <laughs> I hear you. And that's why I appreciate it. Like I said, you was always kind to us. You get up there and murder the stage and, and just treat us, you know, real nice. And it always made an impression on me, and I've always been a fan. But, hey, safe travels wherever you're going, and then I'll catch you on the road here real soon. Next up on the podcast is Athena Finger, the heiress to the legacy of the Dark Knight. Her grandfather, Bill Finger, co-created Batman with Bob Kane in 1939. 81 years ago. He did not get credit for his efforts until 75 years later, all in part thanks to a documentary on Hulu entitled Batman and Bill. A great story. I suggest you check it out about uh, how Bill Finger came to help Bob Kane uh, with the creating of Batman and several other characters. So we're going to talk to Athena right now about the birthday and what's going on in her life. Okay, what a thrill of a lifetime for a guy like me lover of Batman to have the heiress, the, I guess, the dark princess, the dark queen. Well, what do they call you? The, the, the official title that um, I was given permission by DC is the heiress to the dark knight. Oh, how groovy. I see the fingers. <laughs> I'm so, hey, thank you so much. You've literally made my dad. I've been so looking forward to talking to you. Thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you so much for asking me. Uh, yeah, it's just a thrill. Like I said, I, I know you've discussed it a bit, but, you know, from the documentary and then um, I saw two things. Like, I know the comic book turns 81 in May, and then something that I read said Batman actually turned 81 this month. So I wanted to get you somewhere in the middle. I don't know. You probably know more about it than I do, but uh, <laughs> uh, are you doing anything to celebrate? I know 80 was, 80 was a big time, but... 81 years later, and, you know, everybody still knows who Batman is. Do uh, you have any plans for celebration? Uh, well, not specifically. I mean, I kind of celebrate every year since we've gotten him credit. So. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but actually, the big thing is is that this year is the 80th anniversary for Green Lantern Alan Scott, who also was a creation for my grandfather. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on a little bit more this year as far as I know that's coming up soon. So um, yeah, that, that's but, a that's a major player right there as well. But I mean, it's also the 80th anniversary for the Joker and for Catwoman and some of these other big names in the the Batman world. So it's yeah. it's always a year of celebration. I, I I you know I'm just so grateful that they gave him credit and yes. I'm so grateful to the fans like yourself because. Without the fans, I mean, who would have known 81 years later we would still be, you know, talking Batman and enjoying the character and wanting more from the character, even more so now than we did, you know, back in the day. So, yeah, <laughs> just amazing. Well, as a, as a person <clears throat> in my life, I've always been for the underdog, I guess you could say. I've always defended the person who's a little weaker than me. And and not to say, you know, by any means Bill Finger was weak. I'm just saying when you see a wrongdoing, especially for that long, and watching this documentary on Hulu, Batman and Bill, which is I'll describe, you know, a little bit more uh, uh, before uh, about the interview. But um, 
that's just it was it was wrong, especially for someone that has loved that character so long and, and not known any wiser that if it wasn't for your grandfather, he wouldn't even look the way he looks today. I mean, it's just night and day different. It's true, and unfortunately, the fans were, you know, fed false information for you know seventy six years before we officially got him credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a population of fans that did know that it wasn't just Bob Kane who was involved with the creation of the character and and the mythos, Um, but it wasn't widely known. Um, You really had to do research to be able to really know what the backstory is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely, you know, an injustice to the the fans because they should know where these beloved characters come from and and who was involved in these storylines and creations and the concepts of how these people look and and interact with each other. Yes, indeed. In the storylines and the, and the development, and not just the characters, but but you know the the Batmobile, the, the Batcopter, all of it. I mean, it, it's so much involved, and had had it been that long without anybody noticing, and I could just imagine you like you know watching the program and when you got found and everything. I, I couldn't imagine through your life you thought you know, this is going to take me by whirlwind. Pretty soon Batman's going to engulf me and everybody's going to want to huddle, huddle around me and just celebrate it. It's got to be, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't imagine how you feel sometimes. It's got to be a pretty, pretty amazing experience. It, it has been. Um, like I said in the documentary, it was pretty dark for a long time um, mm-hmm. with the Batman. As far as the connection with my family, Bill not getting the recognition or the respect that he definitely deserved um, and then not getting any resolution, you know, when my father tried to fight and then had yeah. to lose my father so young and then it falling on me and then I didn't really do anything for a long time. And it just was, you know, something that was looming over me that I knew that needed to be resolved but was always discouraged from resolving it because, you know, it was always something that I was told that was, unachievable it it will never happen don't even waste your time or your money like it's just not gonna you're not gonna get the result that you're looking for um Um, but you know with social media and with the 75th anniversary and things like that you know timing really you know benefited bill's case um also you know certain big things happened in the industry you know jack kirby getting the credit that he got for all of the characters that he created and him winning his case against, you know, DC and, and getting, you know, the credits that he deserved really helped Bill be able to get the credit that he was wrong overdue also. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of factors that went into that. Plus the industry changed with just the people within the industry. You know, a lot of the people running the company were the fans. It was no longer these old timers that, that, you know, didn't really have any connection other than it was business. You know, a lot of people who love these characters came in and took the company over and, and knew who my grandfather was and, and knew that the injustice of his story and really wanted him to get the recognition and credit. So, you know, all of that coming together at that point really, you know, paved the road for him to get his name added and have the byline. Yeah, and, and, and that's what it's all about. Um I just love that that 
that was just that was a fantastic ending to a to a perfect documentary and like I said not to not to add to the sympathetic portions of it but when you started crying on the movie I, you know here I am six foot tall three hundred pounds I start crying too <laughs> because you know I noticed it, I just thought wow you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you know you're a mom and you seem so sweet and nice and and, and you you know it's like it's not like you're going back to the store because you got over charge for a shirt you bought you're you're up against detective comics and it's just like i i couldn't imagine the uh the magnitude of what you know <laughs> what was going through your mind but i'm so glad yeah <laughs> i mean it was it was very um intimidating you know warner brothers dc is a huge international company and i like you said i'm just a mom i mean i had a, i have a normal life i'm a math teacher i you know i'm an artist myself like mm-hmm. i'm not in that world and so to know how to approach the situation it's again you know i was very fortunate that my sister is an attorney and when she was in law school her area of focus was copyright so she had a lot of connections through law school and just a lot of you know things going my way in a positive way for this to get resolved the way that it did and you know had these things not been you know kind of placed in front of me and mark really pushing me to fight for the credit in the beginning and getting yeah. in touch with these people and things like that I don't, I can't say that I would even attempt, you know, sure. it, um, because I was discouraged for so long. And I actually didn't talk about my grandfather and Batman for 15 years. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it was um, definitely intimidating, but again, I knew it was something that needed to be resolved one way or another. Sure. And, so, uh, and however you handled it, you know, nobody's in your shoes. They, they can't judge you for it either way. Uh, it just, it was, it seemed like, uh, you know, the odds were just so stacked. But, you know, kudos to you for pushing along because, uh, like I said, it, it was selfless because I know, you know, because as a parent myself, I know you had different things going. And I've seen your art, which is you're a brilliant artist in your own right, by the way. Oh. Um, Thank you. Can't, can't wait to get you uh, get a get a piece uh, for my collection from you, but um, you could just definitely gen- <laughs> genetic. But um, thank you for doing that because uh, this character is so important. You know, like I said, my whole life I've celebrated him. Um, you know, from the get uh, from Adam West to Michael Keaton. You know, coming up in that that age range and, and to now, even you know Robert Pattinson. I'm not exactly. You know, I don't know what to think, but, you know, I'll be there to support it. Uh, and on that note, what do you think about Robert Pattinson? I've seen that in the new Batmobile. Do you have any thoughts? Um, well, you know, people always ask, you know, what do you think of the new Batman? And I'm like, I don't really want to make an opinion until I see what they do with the character. I mean, yeah. I won't know until I see the the final product. Sure. Um, I, I never saw the Twilight movies, so I'm not jaded by the shimmery vampire <laughs> character that he got thrown sure. into. Yeah. Um, I know that he's done a lot more independent films. I just recently watched The Lighthouse that he did with William Dafoe, um, yeah. you know, it, which was an extremely dark movie. I don't know if you've seen it or not, and, and very complex with the, the, you know, the relationship that he has with with this older gentleman trying to show him the ropes on how to, you know, be a lighthouse keeper and things like that. I mean, it was very gritty and psychological and, and I think it was a brilliant performance. 
um, for uh-huh. both of them. I love William Defoe. I mean, he's been yeah, he's great. There also, but it, and it, and the whole movie is just the two of them. There's nobody else in the movie, so you really get to see his acting ability in this film. And you know, I think he'll bring something to it. I, I, as yes, each, each actor has brought something different to the character. Um, you know, yeah. and I know that. You know, Ben Affleck got a lot of crap for, you know, his portrayal, but I think he did a great job. It's just, you know, the the final movies weren't so great. And that yeah. that has nothing on him as an actor. I mean, he's yeah, an agree. amazing actor. It's, you know, it's not his fault that the film didn't get put together in a coherent way where the fans were happy with it. So sure. I, I won't know until I see it. I agree. Uh, well said. And like I said, that's how I feel about Robert Pattinson uh, having uh, teenage daughters. And, and uh, I, I did experience Twilight, but I also saw like Water for Elephants and things like that. And he's really right. a great actor besides just being sparkly. But I'm with you. I've got to see it, but I will give it a chance. I mean, I mean, how how could I not? But yeah, I agree. The the, the suit from what I've seen looks really groovy. And then um, uh, the Batmobile, I'm really digging. The only thing that I'm kind of puzzled about, uh, Colin, I believe it's Colin Farrell is playing the Penguin. Like, I just don't see that unless that's just a misprint on IMBD or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, again, I won't know. And Colin is another like amazing actor, and he just ends up in some not so great films. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not the actor's fault. They're doing their yeah. job, you know. No, I agree. It's, it's all the other people that are involved with making the film, shooting the film, editing the film, the producers, the even just you know, the studio companies. They they expect a certain thing and they have their hands deep in involved because they want to see <laughs> the numbers and, and yeah. things like that. So I, I mean, unless it's truly a bad performance by the actor, then I don't really fault them for bad films. I mean, I agree. They, what? What? Yeah, I agree. They don't have control over that. Yeah, I just, I just, what I've been my penguin, not necessarily him as an actor, but the penguin's kind of like a, a, a chubby, kind of like not really tall in stature. And Colin Farrell's a well-built, good-looking guy. That's just what. That's yeah, what but, I, I mean. But you like put you said, a body yeah. suit on him. I mean. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. You you've got valid points. They they ought to let you exactly produce it. I think they probably get more out of it. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, uh, yeah. I've seen rumors that they're looking at Johnny Depp for the Joker and, and things like that. So you, I mean, there's a lot of talent out there that they want to bring in to the mix. So yeah, we'll see. very cool. Yeah. Okay. So I see. Like I said, I, I've seen you. You know, also talk a couple of times on YouTube and everything. And I know you do art, and and you didn't start out doing comics but obviously that's what everybody wants out of you now and you do the comic cons and everything have you been to nashville yet i have not been to nashville yet oh we've got to get you here we've got to get you merged with the right people that's almost a must um i would love it yeah because uh it's a pretty fun place uh we have a couple of independent ones and then wizard comes here but uh we have that music city convention center and i think you'd probably really, really enjoy it um, but I, I didn't know. I saw you. You know, you make the rounds and everything. Uh, what do you do? Do you just uh, you do art and do lectures? And, and I'm assuming you give out your grandfather's award, don't you? I do in San Diego. I do go out to the um, the convention out there every year and give out the Bill Finger Award, um, yeah. which awesome. is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and San Diego it, was my very second 
not my first, but it was my second experience <laughs> in the Comic Con world, and I was just blown away by that. I was like, holy cow. I bet that was something <laughs> to, to take in, especially being, you know, a rookie to it, and then not only, you know, but, but being associated with something so important. I bet that was mind-blowing. It um, really was. It was. <laughs> and then I love, of course, you know, being a parent, you know, your son's involved. Uh, he, he's he got to think that's the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. At least I would, I would think so. Um, I, he was more involved, you know, he's 17 now, so, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, but he's a musician, so he, he focuses a lot on his music and, and playing music, and he put out a solo album just around Christmas time, so cool. he, he's more into that side, he, he's like, mom, I wish I could draw, and I go, well, you know what, I wish I could play guitar, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've always got different wants, it's wild how yes. it works. Well, um, um, if you could later, you can message it to me. If he's got a, a Instagram or a Facebook page, I'll too. Maybe he'll talk to me because I, I do musicians as well here on the podcast. So, That's you know, being, being in Nashville and being a drummer myself, I, I try to do entertainment to every level. But because I'm such an ADD-driven human, all my loves are like music, comedy, comics. It's 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 all in the, and it's everything that holds dear to my heart. But That's um, awesome. That, that's cool. Well, hey, I thank you so much, uh, and I appreciate you, and you, and I really like that, uh, you know, you're, you're kind about it, and that, that makes the world a difference for me because that just makes me love your story, and, 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 and that makes the, make it, you know, the, the fact that it all came full circle just even better, and um, like I said, I'll, uh, I'll get this posted on Sunday and share it with you, and then um, later, like I said, if I could, I'll probably send you a couple of things to, to draw some bats on for me to uh, keep for myself and then give out as gifts. <laughs> Sure, sure, yeah. sure. No anything problem. else you want to add before I get out here? Anything you want to say to anyone? Uh, I, you mentioned that I do uh, artwork, so if anybody is interested in seeing some of the stuff that I've done or if they're interested in a commission piece, they can see uh, my work on Instagram and Facebook, um, or you can contact me directly to send me a direct message on either Instagram or Facebook. And, and you respond, um, so that's good. <laughs> of course. Well, yeah, again, yeah. like I said, without the fans, I mean, would we really be discussing Batman 81 years later? No. That's and right. So yeah. I, I try to respond to everybody, um, yeah. you know, and I really do appreciate the fans, and I love meeting the fans when I'm at events and things like that. So, you know, I, I try to keep myself very humble and, and approachable. Well, I don't you want sound, people to be yeah. intimidated. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're definitely it's intimidating at first, and then you put it right at ease. You can tell that you're a uh, very hospitable, down to earth uh, lady with a great legacy, and, and that makes it all more awesome. And let me mention on your behalf that I know you draw the comics, but you also you do other brilliant pieces of art as well. You do. I heard you say something about you flowers, animals. You just kind of cover every spectrum. I do well. I mean, I was I was on the the path for um, being an artist young when I was younger. I was going to go to art school for college and things like that, but life got in the way. Sure. And I actually just got back into doing uh, my art a couple of years ago, so I've been kind of playing catch up and and loving the fact that I'm back into my my roots of painting and drawing and things like that. So yeah. uh, it's it's a lot of fun for me. that wraps up this week's Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Special thanks to guests Dan Whitehurst and Athena Finger for speaking with me. Really appreciate it. I would like to say thank you to you, the listener, for listening to the podcast. If you know anybody that you think would be a good guest, have them hit me up, Josh Belcher at hotmail.com. 
gmail.com. Hope you have a great week. Stay safe. Avoid the coronavirus. Stay healthy to you and all your loved ones. And remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life. Have a great one. We'll catch you later on down the road. Thank you.